Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Modern Aged Middle Life, a podcast brought to you by Emily Baum and Graham Jarvis, comedy writers addressing modern day confusions for the middle aged. We do seem to collect an awful lot physically in our houses and now we've been in our houses a bit longer than we normally would do. Are you finding yourself looking around the house and thinking, oh, I could really clear that out? Or when did I start collecting this stuff? I think what you're starting to go on isn't collecting, but hoarding. Well, no, we know you have a psychological disorder, which is why we have to create a small meandering way to get to the iPad to record this session. Because you do love holding on to things. Is that a polite way of saying you'll die under old technology? No? We'll be digging you out with a metal detector. <laughs> I think that's a bit Freudian, going back to my mummy when I'd hold her hand. Mm. And now I don't hold her hand anymore. I need to hold on to something. So it's stuff. Do you think as you get older, you do hold on to more stuff or you just collect more stuff? No, I think you hold on to more stuff. Accumulate it. Yeah. When I was a kid, I did collect marbles. Oh. We used to play marbles in the street. You'd win a marble game. You could swap marbles and things. So you started to accumulate marbles if you were any good. I ended up with a pretty big bag of marbles. It was a cloth bag my auntie had made for me. And you can see how keen I was if your auntie makes you a bag for marbles. Mm. And these marbles would be some slightly bigger, sort of bullseye marbles and some little ones, tiddlers. Then I just suddenly got to an age where I thought, what are you doing? I had like hundreds and hundreds of these marbles. I mean, what? is the point but i did collect them you know oh i ain't got a red one oh, i ain't got that ready orange one and oh that one have you recently lost your marble <laughs> back to psychologists <laughs> <laughs> i do you know i do know people that did collect marbles as kids because they're really pretty they're very sensory i used to suck them but that's a whole other conversation your mother didn't like you then i was in the back of a car heading towards the beach with my mum and dad in the front we we're over a bridge and what was called a gobstopper, I know no why, got lodged in my throat. Ooh. And my mother had to go around and grab me. Obviously, she was fighting the seatbelt in the front, then trying to pull me forward, fighting the seatbelt in the back. And she actually put her finger in my mouth and dislodged this sweet. I could not breathe. So gobstoppers, sucking marbles, bad idea. Yeah. Your mother was probably saying, that's 80 marbles I've given her, and she's not <laughs> choked once. <laughs> But I think I was just one of those kids that just kept putting things in my mouth. Yeah. I don't think it's changed, actually, as an adult. You know, I'm forever like, oh, I'll have a bit of that. I'll have a bit of that. <laughs> she um, caught me in the garden once eating what was actually bread that she'd thrown out for the birds. But time had passed and she'd forgotten she'd thrown bread out for the birds. So she thought I'd eaten a mushroom. So then she rushed me to the emergency room where I wouldn't be sick because actually I had eaten just old mouldy bread. So she did the same thing. She put half her fist down my throat to force me to vomit, which was probably more of a traumatic impact than the whole rushing <laughs> to the hospital. Yeah. And it's stories like this, Graham, that I like to bring together and I feel just identify some of my existing mental health problems a little bit clearer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're obviously desperate. Let's get rid of this. Let's expunge this psychologist 
thread <laughs> that keeps coming back when we're trying to talk about collecting. We're collecting childhood trauma. That's what we're collecting. Yeah. We have a pot <laughs> of pent-up childhood trauma, <laughs> like every normal adult. Freud, let me just get rid of this. All right. Freud believed that collecting was the collector trying to get back control of his bowels. What? He thought the person was trying to get back their possessions, which were long flushed down the toilet. It was a childhood trauma. So Freud was linking object fixation to the anal retentive stage in childhood. To me, Freud is very much a small German man, past tense, obviously demised, who had some sort of psychological fixation that we all wanted to have sex with our parents. Or if we weren't having sex with our parents or wanting to have sex with our own parents, it's all about bowels. Yeah. I don't know that I would have wanted to have spent £50 on an hour's worth of therapy with Freud because I think I would have come out a lot more weirder than I'd gone in. Oh, I can't imagine that, Emily. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was a nut, wasn't he? And that, that leads seamlessly into something that people collect. Like nutcrackers. Nutcrackers? Do they really? Yeah, novelty nutcrackers. No, novelty. Novelty nutcrackers. If you've ever seen a squirrel that holds a walnut, it's a conversational starter. It's worth having on the centre of a table. <laughs> Never wanted one. Those sort of things. They're dust catchers. But we all seem to accumulate our own little oddities. Oh, I don't know, because I've got an anti-collection device in the house called my wife. <laughs> when people start trying to get to collect stuff, like send her a little porcelain object. She's like, well, I'm not having that. It can either go in the loft or go to the charity shop. Your relative bought it. I don't want it. So if they visit, I don't mind getting it out for their visit, but it's not staying in the house. See, I won't do that anymore. I won't hold on to stuff that people have gifted just to get it out in case they come round. So I had a six-foot skip, which I really totally filled of all of those things you know the inspirational unicorn picture that somebody gave us the porcelain item that was gifted from a grandparent many decades ago <laughs> the inspirational unicorn picture <laughs> <laughs> you know those tutty pictures that people give you like friends are like rainbows basically framed things that make you want to be sick okay friends are like stars they only come out at night <laughs> so, i don't need that i don't want inspirational quotes around my house you know welcome to the home of hope and hell you know all these things that you can get that you put up <laughs> on your wall yeah. that's supposed to inspire you it's all cloak and dagger it's distraction techniques to cover up the shouting that happens behind the front door really <laughs> and then when you'd got five skips in your drive people thought oh are you collecting skips <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you know what happened once? This was about your parental revenge. Okay. When my mum used to teach drama in Surrey, whenever she did shows, and I would help, I'd come and support and counsel the children for the therapy that they would require after the performance. <laughs> they would say to me, what can we get Mary? She's done this wonderful job. She's really helping build and shape these wonderful lives into sociopaths of the future. What can we buy her as a gift at the end of the performance? And I had no clue. Unless they were going to go to Cartier, there was nothing that she would have wanted. <laughs> this woman just threw out these ideas of like bath bombs and smellies. And she went, what about a teapot? And I thought, well, my mum likes tea. She drinks tea. She uses a teapot. Yeah, 
teapot. My mum did about 25 shows and had an ample collection of comedy and themed teapots by the end of it. Oh, no. Including one that was in the shape of a bathtub. Uh. It was amazing. And then one year she said to me, why is it they keep buying me teapots? I never understood it. And I said, oh, maybe someone just thought you collected them. <laughs> now, when you said Cartier, I was taken back to Grimsby, where it was the rag and bone man who was a different sort of Cartier. <laughs> <laughs> Bring out your dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you didn't collect things. You didn't need a skip. You'd just give it to this bloke. And he'd wheel it off. Yeah, he seemed to love it. Mm. If it didn't look very good, he'd give it to his horse. <laughs> where does it all start? Perhaps the first famous collector that I ever heard of was Noah as in Noah and his ark, because uh -huh. he collected animals, didn't he? He had two of all of them. If Noah was around today, he'd be on one of those RSPCA real-life programmes, wouldn't he? Yeah. He'd be sat in the corner with a big beard and some raggedy clothes going, I just don't know how it started. I had a cat, and then she had kittens, and then now I have 700 cats, <laughs> and an elephant, and a swan and a zebra called Margot. <laughs> he would be considered absolutely <laughs> mental. Imagine if you lived next door to him. It wouldn't be an ark. It'd be a cruise ship, wouldn't it? You'd need it. Noah's got a council house in Bexley Heath and he's whittling away with an ark and he's got all these animals floating around. You'd be straight onto the council, wouldn't you? <laughs> he's fouling the area. You try picking up after an elephant. <laughs> Two elephants. Two elephants, yeah. yeah. So not only was he an animal collector, he also had some form of OCD because everything had to be in pairs. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Imagine the food bill. <laughs> you turn up in pets at home, you're like that. Have you got anything for ocelots this week? <laughs> you know? I had a brother who was two years older than me. Mm. He used to collect stuff. He was mad on badges. Badges or badgers? Because <laughs> I think collecting badgers would be quite a dangerous choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they didn't live anywhere near Grimsby. <laughs> You'd have had to travel 50 miles to see a badger, I would guess. So he collected badges? Yeah, he used to have them and you know, all down his lapels, loads of photos of him, the gappy smile, you know, 10-year-old or whatever, and loads of badges everywhere over his blazer. So I inherited a few of those that were never serious, and then he moved on to pens. Oh. And then he moved on to watches. So he obviously had a collector's mind i didn't but he wasn't serious because all his collections were sort of rubbish really <laughs> but that's the thing we do collect sort of a varied we've talked about my care bear collection in the past and i know you're often interested and ask me i'll just go make a cup of tea while you're telling the <laughs> listeners about this we do collect stuff that reminds us of our youth so freud is right a little bit there Minus the bowel activity. <laughs> but DVDs. We all used to collect DVDs at one point, books, CDs. That in itself was a collection because you had to have a physical presence to be able to use it. I'm thinking collecting memories when you said DVDs because I'm not someone who watches a film a second time. I think there's only been a couple of films I've ever watched again. Some people watch them over and over and over. Mm. And we used to keep DVDs. I thought, why are we bothering? Because we never ever watch the films. And I'm not thinking, oh, it's an investment. One day somebody will want this film. I don't understand some of these collections. You're right, people do collect DVDs. I've still got DVDs. Have you? Yeah. I thought that was a medical condition. <laughs> so I said, Emily's got DVD, and I said, oh, I hope she's all right. I thought it was a blood condition. <laughs>
Well, we've sorted that out. I'll cancel the flowers. I still have DVDs because of my favourite films because I'm so worried that I won't be able to see them again. And I do watch them again because I have the memory of a goldfish. So every time I watch them, it's like watching it for the first time all over again. It's a bargain. Okay. Let me just reassure you in case it's affecting you at the moment that Nemo was found, okay? (laughs) Don't ruin the plot. So over the years, these are some of the things that I've collected. Okay. Care Bears. Yeah. Caps, as in, you like American-style baseball caps. Okay. Vintage toys, DVDs, books, empty wine bottles. Empty, oh, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) We can't go through just a list. Well, we all nod off. <laughs> empty wine bottles. Yeah, I collect those and then I store them in my empty recycling bin because they come into my life full and they go out empty. <laughs> <laughs> That's not quite the same. <laughs> but people do have empty bottles from special occasions. My brother, who is in the wine trade, he has empty bottles of classic bottles of wine that he's consumed and I think that's a bit grotty. Why would you do that? Because these are special bottles that you can't get anymore and he's drunk. So, <laughs> so what is it? it's just a memorabilia of yeah. oh once upon a yeah. time I had that. People collect old bottles of wine, empty ones. People pay money for empty bottles of high-end champagne on eBay. Why? It's empty. I'll pay the money if it was full. If it's empty, yeah. I don't want it. Because basically you're selling me your recycling. <laughs> Are they going to fill it with water and pretend it's no. champagne and they're no. well off or anything? No. It's sad. I think the very early collectors of things like shells and fossils, which I believe it was collecting those that led to people displaying them, and that became museums. That was the origin of museums, collecting stuff like that. Yeah, it also explains why the Isle of Wight gets smaller every year. <laughs> the <laughs> amount of people that turn up on the beaches and go look for fossil dig some rocks up and someone's going that's the end of my garden gone by by, by midsummer <laughs> yeah you'd have to be very wealthy to collect things like sheds wouldn't you <laughs> <laughs> buses is there someone that collects buses i think there is there's somebody down the road where i live i visited him once and he said to me <laughs> Now, I'm sure you're going to interpret this wrongly. (laughs) He said, would you like to see my bus? (laughs) I didn't know what to make of it, so I didn't want to be rude. So I said, oh, uh, lovely. And he opened up his garage, and there in his very long garage was a single-decker bus. He loved buses, and he was saying he'd love to have more buses. So I think he was a bus collector at heart. At least my collections are small. I mean, a Care Bear... If I turned around to Chris and said I've decided to collect buses, I think she'd put her head in her hands and have a cry. (laughs) (laughs) I think when I was little, I did keep cars, the matchbox Mm. cars and similar. You'd see some in the toy shop and you think, oh, I'd like that. And then you start thinking, oh, I've got all of them. Oh, there's one I haven't got. So that's sort of the seed of trying to just complete a collection of the cars. Then, of course, they get the fresh stock in <laughs> and your mother goes, no. No, this is a scam now. <laughs> when we have to remortgage the house for your matchbox addiction, no, it's got to end. But they do that with trading cards and stuff, don't they? I used to collect T-shirts of places and restaurants that I'd eaten, like used to collect the Hard Rock t-shirts okay and i've recently discovered i think i have a little collective issue that i wasn't aware of because things start as a little one-off 
and now they seem to have multiplied. So, you know, pop vinyls, they're like Funkos. They're these plastic characters that you see in the shops. They are absolute ocean-polluting tut. Okay. It started with, oh, isn't that cute? And somebody bought me a Care Bear one, which, to be honest, looks like the alien equivalent of a Care Bear. It looks absolutely petrifying, and I haven't had the heart to slip it in the skip yet, but it's on its way. <laughs> and now I've got a couple of McDonald's ones that have slipped in. I've never heard of these things. You've never heard of Funkos? No, no. Google. I've let you go on this far. I can't bear it any longer. What on earth? What on earth is it? They are literally pop vinyl. It's just a lump of artistically crafted but scarily dissimilar plastic of old characters <laughs> from comics, cartoons, movies, superheroes, all sorts of stuff. It's really clever. It really is money for old rope. Yeah. And I thought I would never be dragged in. But no, I found the way into the Funko. I mentioned Noah earlier on. <laughs> and because you've just said collecting, I started thinking, oh, yeah, well, the church. When you go to church, they do collections, don't they? Yeah, but they like money or Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, they do do it electronically. You can actually pay by iPhone. I'd say that was more a donation. So what's the difference between a collection and a donation? I think in the church's example, it's a polite way of saying, give us your money. In reality, it's a way of describing the fact that you can't stop yourself from buying more toots. Yeah. So there are people that collect frogs or collect pigs and then end up with hundreds of them. In fairness, we could set this up on the Mammals Facebook page and we could just say we are now collecting money. <laughs> Please... <laughs> If you have any unwanted money flying around and you just want to give it to us, pop it in an envelope or here's a pay-by link, pop it in our account, we'll hold on to it for you. I noticed on Facebook a few weeks back, they said, oh, it's your anniversary or whatever coming up. Do you want to start a GoFundMe page? Why would anybody want to start GoFundMe pages? Unless they took a look at your past pictures on Facebook realised your marriage is on the rocks and feel that you need to have your own money set aside so that you can escape this sham of a marriage. <laughs> I think it is getting like that with... Oh, really? Does Jill know? Oh. <laughs> with the amount of data they're getting mm. and uh, Google monitoring everything you're texting, if you were having a problem and you Googled it and that tied in with your social media, they say, oh, look, he's having this issue, that issue, and start sending you lots of invites to counselling sessions or whatever. <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? Yeah. Why not join this Facebook group? My wife's left me. <laughs> <laughs> so rather than asking for money, perhaps on our Mammal Facebook page, we should invite people to join us if they feel they need counselling. <laughs> That'll soon fix them. We could encourage people to start collecting podcasts and we could make our podcast like a platinum version, a rare one, that people will want to find even more. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking at you, Linda. <laughs> I'm not sensing that's going to happen. I'll be perfectly honest. Now, I'm not so sure when people collected things like butterflies. I mean, fossils, fine, because by the very nature, they're dead and gone. Shells, oh, I'm a bit iffy about that, because if they go on the beach and start opening up a cockle shell and the poor old thing's living inside it, then I don't like that. And butterflies, the idea of somebody going out and capturing a butterfly, because let's face it, butterfly collectors aren't roaming the fields looking for a freshly deceased butterfly, are they? They're actually going to capture one and kill it. 
I don't like the idea any, of that. Anyone much. that collects dead corpses of animals, in my mind, slightly questionable. I'm just checking because I know what you like, even if it's to eat it. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm open to persuasion, but <laughs> I just think it's a bit <laughs> peculiar. If you're collecting, like I collect autographs, some of the famous people I've met, some of the famous people I haven't. It's mainly film, TV and music that I collect. But I think I might have created a monster because my daughter has now started to collect autographs. How do you know they're authentic? When you collect an autograph, how do you know it's actually the person, not just sort of sitting in the back of a council flat? In Bexley Heath, living next to Noah and being disturbed by all the animals. <laughs> if you've met them in person, then obviously you know that that is the person that you'll take the autograph from. But there are different associations that proof the autographs to make sure that they're genuine. A lot of the times you get photographs of the person signing it. But like movie posters and stuff like that, it's great stuff to hold on to, but I am running out of wall now. How many posters stroke photo autographs do you estimate you've got? Just so I can decide whether or not it's time to call in the psychiatrist. It's about 100. Oh, that's not too bad. If you include the one that I did of my own. Um. <laughs> <laughs> If you could just tilt your psychology slightly and be happy with you doing impressions of people's autographs, it'd be so much easier, <laughs> wouldn't it? Exactly. <laughs> this is one I did of Buster Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Rather than doing artistic sketches, just do knock-off of autographs and show people how good I am at writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or not. You collect guitars, though. I don't really collect guitars. Each one is bought for a different reason. So perhaps a Spanish guitar. A German guitar, a Latvian guitar. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> They've all got different purposes and play differently, different sounds. So you might be able to play a particular style on one guitar that would be really difficult on another. So it's not quite the same as collecting. When I was collecting cars or marbles, I was just wanting to complete the collection. Like you're probably, every time you're watching a film, you're thinking, oh, I bet he can write. I need his autograph, <laughs> you know? I, can I just ask you a question? When you were collecting marbles, surely you can never finish collecting marbles because every marble is bespoke. It's a one of a kind. So unless you've got every marble in the world... Not quite. I think some of them are so similar that you sort of think, nah, you know, <laughs> anybody looking at it, they'd think, oh, that's the same one. I was after each one was definitely identifiable. Mm. It was sad. I did feel sad when I, I actually did think I've had enough of this. This is ridiculous. I think they were divvied up and given to uh, various nephews and nieces. Oh, who were equally thrilled at your 1940s <laughs> era. They're like, I wanted a PlayStation. What is this glass ball he's given me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that a kidney stone? Yeah. Why is he giving us things he's passed? <laughs> <laughs> I might suck on that for a bit. <laughs> well, my mother said, you're approaching your late 30s. It's time to stop collecting these marbles, Grey. So you had an intervention. You had a collector's intervention. I, I did. That sounds like something Freud would say to you, actually. I don't know. <laughs> this is a collector's intervention, yeah? <laughs> you could have taken your marbles to a collector's fair and then flogged them to somebody else who was having... Issues with letting their marbles go. You know, some people are big on eBay. Our child loves ballet when he was younger. As he was growing, he'd get through ballet shoes. And we spoke to him and said, oh, I'd never buy new ballet shoes. I always get them on eBay. We were paying like £20 and they were paying like 50p for eight pairs. So obviously, <laughs> <laughs> 
Obviously, you feel like going round there and doing something horrible to them <laughs> out of complete jealousy and envy at their wisdom and skill. I think a lot of people do go on uh, Etsy, is it? Etsy is more about crafting. It's people building or making things that are different, whereas yeah. Facebook Marketplace and eBay is the home and hub of rubbish. What's the pin one? Pinterest. That's just pictures of things. That's people collecting images of things that they like and then creating a board of pictures. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It all leaves me a bit cold. I, I think the idea of collecting photos of desirable stuff is a bit weird, really. Do you? Now is the time for me to tell you that there is a Pinterest board dedicated to Graham Jarvis. Is that yeah, really? sadly it's not you, <laughs> but... Um... <laughs> What about people who like to be ill? There's a name for it, I can't remember what it is now. Hypochondria. But people, is that? Yeah, that's what my prescription said. <laughs> you left your name as that, did you? Yeah, I'm Mrs. Hypochondria. That's a strange name. <laughs> it's Latvian. <laughs> Some people do, don't they? They want to be ill. They collect illnesses. If you said, I've had this symptom, I've had this sore throat, felt really hot and they go I had that I've got that so I had that and oh it was terrible I had it much worse than you have hang on I ain't even told you how bad I've got it yet but people do collect ailments collecting worries collecting concerns it gives them something to talk about Noah must have had a terrible problem in his Beckley Heath house <laughs> with all the ailments his lot were having <laughs> can you imagine the vets Bill yeah I've got uh, a fungal toe infection for a male elephant <laughs> agrophobic koala <laughs> 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 what about clothes? You couldn't collect the same T-shirt or something, could you? Because it would look ridiculous. Although I do know someone who only ever dresses in black. Yeah. Every item of clothing is got is black. There is a theory that the most successful people in the world all wear the same outfit. And they choose to wear the same outfit day in, day out, because they believe that if you're spending time choosing clothes, it's a lesser use of your brain capacity. So Steve Jobs would wear the same polar neck, trousers, socks, pants every single day. I've read two conflicting stories about Prince Charles. Someone said that he has a brand new pair of socks each day. Mm. Who knows this? Does he have a sock dresser? Apparently, another story I once read of Prince Charles was that his carer... <laughs> Butler. <laughs> his aid. His aid. He irons his socks. And you think, there's no point ironing his socks because they're brand new. Anyway, socks don't have a crease down them, do they? People collect socks, though. What? Well, gosh, here we go again. What sort of socks? Novelty socks. Novelty socks. I've got Care Bear socks, just so. I suppose if you've got novelty socks and you put it over your novelty nutcracker, it keeps the <laughs> dust off it. <laughs> Actually, if you put novelty at the front of everything, you could just change the world, couldn't you? Yeah. You could just take the word novelty. This is my novelty Member of Parliament. This is my novelty donor card. I mean, it changes the premise for everything. My mate Bob, his mum, used to collect dust. <laughs> <laughs> Modern Aged Middle Life was brought to you by Graham Jarvis and Emily Baum. If you liked it, tell a friend or rate and review the podcast. That will help others find us. Thanks.